The following podcast gimmick has been paid for by Look at the Adjective. The highway's jammed with broken heroes on a last chance power drive. Hello and welcome to Look at the Adjective. We are here to podcast. Jim Ratcliffe will only buy 50% of our assets. <laughs> I am the Hammer, John Mack, and I'm joined by, as always, a man who lifts barbell plates, a man who eats T-bone steaks, a man who's sweeter than a German chocolate cake. How much more of him can you take? It's the reflection of perfection, the number one selection. Superstar Mark Crowther, how are you doing, mate? <laughs> I'm good, mate. Is that a little tribute there, was it? <laughs> oh, it's a bit, 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 bit of Billy Graham, yeah. <laughs> a problematic the, the, character. I know, I know. Uh, I'm good, though, mate. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not full of uh, the sign of shite this week, so I'm doing all right. Back, back to, back. Nearly back to 100%, are you? Yeah. Nearly match fit, yeah. <laughs> Late we'll fitness test. There. Late <laughs> fitness test. Some bits has taken my place. <laughs> Let's see if we can nick a one nil. Eh? <laughs> I need to get that Brazilian podcaster to do some sort of bicycle kick shit in the six yard box. <laughs> oh dear. Good to be back though, eh? It is, said uh, Gary Glitter once. <laughs> Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You, you know I can't resist the setup. <laughs> well, we don't want to hear any of my cretinous meanderings, but we do want to hear about the cretins. So we're going to say that walk down Moron Boulevard, down Simpleton Street, all the way to the cretinous cul-de-sac. It's cretin of the month, pretty much. Cretin of the three-week, maybe. <laughs> Have you got one for me, Mark? Yeah, I've got one, yeah. I've, well, I've got a couple of... Uh... A couple of little undercarders, a couple of cruiserweights, just to get us started for the main event. <laughs> um, Glacier squash matches. Yeah. <laughs> Got one from uh, our mate Jericho. Oh, Pretty tame, actually, God. for him, really. But um, he went full Hogan this week. <laughs> there was a clip on um, on Dynamite of just sort of building up his, his match on TV with Roddy Strong. Big up Roddy Strong, by the way. Good to see him back on telly. There was basically a clip sort of prom- promo in that match, and at one point he goes, get him, boys. <laughs> he literally he literally parodied Hogan. <laughs> so he's becoming everything he hated, which is just hilarious. Quite tame for him, actually, but I think you might have another appearance for him later on in the card. <laughs> do you know what? Fuck it. We'll, we'll, we'll conjoin the Jerichisms. <laughs> so do you remember a few months ago when he was having a pop at old Derek? From the Hilton Garden Hotel. Oh, right, yeah. Louis. Remember when he was uh, saying yeah. he was, you know, humiliated by him? <laughs> He's been at it again. Oh, God. At Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. I think it's Las Vegas. He's decided that Twitter's the best place for this, as always. He's, uh, hey, at Mandalay Bay, it's unacceptable that you tried to bully me and assault me when all I wanted was my bags that I left at Concierge. Your security staff ignored me, in capitals, for 30 minutes. And when I made some noise, 
physically and mentally assaulted me and laughed in my face. I want restitution now. How... That surely <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> Do you know right. what I mean? Like, surely that's not happening in a major hotel. I don't get it. And if it has happened, and it's happened several times, either they watched the product and used to like you and now think you're a prick, yeah. or the problem is you. Yeah. There's, a, there's there's one sort of common denominator, isn't there, in those two or three stories. It's him. I bet you he's been a proper big time. He's gone, are you not going to pick up my bags and all this? And it's kicked off because he's, he's had a pop. And Mandalay Bay have gone... We don't concierge jobbers. He's <laughs> fucking titting it, he really is. He's, he's just if he's been, if he's been assaulted, if he's been assaulted, take it to the police. Don't put it on Twitter. Right, you, you're a wrestler and you, you think you're an hard man? <laughs> I, I, was, I was fucking nubbins from fucking Mandalay Bay's concierge department going to knock you out unless you're some big gripper. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But you're the guy you squared up to Brock Lesnar, remember? So yeah, he's not harder than Brock Lesnar, whoever the fuck he is. He's not harder than Brock Lesnar, let's be honest. Not, not many are. <laughs> no, exactly. Genetic fucking mutant that he is. <laughs> he's just a fucking titty. He really is. Yeah. It doesn't end there, though. Oh, God. Chris Jericho says he's sick of Batman. He's sick of <laughs> Superman. And he's sick of Spider-Man. The end game is a painmaker movie. <laughs> that no one would ever go watch. <laughs> Fuck me. It's going to be the AEW universe, cinematic universe. <laughs> AEWCU. Fucking Jericho in his Clockwork Orange gimmick. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's, uh, he's, he's got to be tongue-in-cheek with some of this stuff, has he? Surely. I don't, I can't, I don't I can't, know. I can't work him out. <laughs> I can't work the is guy he, out anymore. I just don't know anymore. It's going to be like a cross-promotion, like Forbidden Door, Paymaker, ex-Rainmaker. <laughs> God's sake. Is that uh, is that everything from our, from our mate, Chris? Is that everything? Fucking hell. He's got like, <laughs> he's got like six months worth of shit in one go there. <laughs> Mad bastard. <laughs> he's, he's a just... fucking donut. He's not he's been a... as much of a prick this year so far, I don't think. But No, so he's, he's brought it back. With a vengeance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. But another man who is constantly a prick. Um, <laughs> Eric Bischoff's had a word. Oh, I. <laughs> He's made it no secret that uh, not a big fan of CM Punk. I think ever since uh, they had a bit of a public spat on Twitter quite a little while ago. He's come out and it's uh, he's made a statement on his um, one of his podcasts. I can't think what it's called. I don't really give a shit, to be honest. He said that CM Punk is worse than Hulk Hogan. Ha 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 my friend and who I've worked with for I don't know ten twenty years or whatever. Why should he be punished as well? Because why you just because he's the the easy one to get rid of. I think that was some yeah, of the things. That, yeah. So basically, that was apparently that was one of the hang ups for him. Not them not announcing his arrival. Yeah, I I still think it's a load of bollocks. I've I've seen reports and you've seen them as well that he's been rehired for he's been on the payroll for four months or something. 
Um, I think what it I think what it was was he was supposed to be on the road, and yeah. that was a big big sort of part of Punk wanting to you know put everything aside. I want my guy on the road because let's be honest, every single one of them has got the mate a job. Yeah, you know, an A steals infinitely, you know, more valuable than a Nakazawa or a Dr. Luther or a fucking Brandon <laughs> Cutler. Yeah. So I think he's done that. But then then from what I've heard, it's been, they've said, oh, last sort of last minute, they've gone, oh, no. No, he can't be having that. He's, he's got to stay and work mobile, i.e. get on the blower or on Zoom or whatever. It's and not going to work, say, is it? Punk's like, I'm not having that. But then I've seen other people counter that with, Really, the hill you're going to die on is Ace Steel. And it's like, yeah, but it's not about who he is. It's, it's about the, the fact really, that, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, if you know anything about CM Punk, he's loyal as fuck to his friends who are loyal to him. That's why yeah. he doesn't talk to Cabana. That's why he had issues with Joey Mercury. That's how he's, do you know what I mean? That's why he's fallen out of a lot of people. And Ace Steel had his back at the end of the day. So Punk's going to have his fucking back, simple as. You go. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just one of them. And is it is it another thing just to try and ramp up the story? Who knows? Has it just been sorted out easily behind closed doors, and they've just gone right? Let's just add a bit more to the fire here, just to get just to get the hype up. You never know. Whatever it is, but, it's not a great look. It's not. But he's he's obviously going to be coming back. You would think he's not. On the, he's not on the poster. He's not been announced for this show. That's specifically done for him. <laughs> from what yeah. Well, apart, apart, there was there was some chatter that he said that he didn't want to be sort of named. I think I think if it comes down to this Wednesday night and Tony Khan says right, we've got the United Center in Chicago for the first show. I think you could put your house on him being there because they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to fill that out without him, pretty much. No. So we'll have to see where that one goes. Whether it's fallen through or not, who knows? But we'll see. But that doesn't stop with the CM Punk drama. <laughs> No, but I think we should get into that briefly. I've just got a quick one. Yeah. Just because I thought this was massively cretinous. It's old Soraya, the former Paige, who's going out with a guy called, I don't know if you're aware of this guy. I wasn't aware of this guy until my daughter brought him up to me and told me what an absolute fucking... I've heard of him. I, I don't know much about his... He's a singer, I think. Is he in a band or something? I, I don't know well, enough sing, about singer him. Singer really. is loosely, you know. He's called Ronnie Radke, or Radke. He used to be in a band called, I think it's called Escape the Fate or something. Now he's in a band called Fallen in Reverse. Right. And uh, he has got a list of problematic issues over the years. And she wants him to perform it all in. You know, <laughs> just like, we'll just give the guy, just give the guy a massive sort of payday and, you know, exposure to however many people they end up drawing. But he's like domestic abuse charges. He was involved in killing somebody at one point. Just how did yeah. that? Just Mate, I, don't, I don't think he did it, but he was. He went. He went for a gimpy little fight, like they thought they were in fucking Greece or something, with a flick knife down by the riverside, and uh, was. one of one of his mates like stabbed some guy or some shit. Fucking hell! Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, she's a bit of a weirdo, isn't she, Paige? So she gets with some absolute fucking wrongs. Uh, Del Rio. Del Rio. Yeah. He's a full-on lunatic, nutcase, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Whack job, isn't he? Yeah, she doesn't really uh shouldn't have the best t- taste in men, does she about the sounds of things? Do you know do you know back in the day where like there was always that sort of trope of ah women like a bad boy? Yeah. She's the fucking epitome of women like a bad boy. <laughs> there's beat there's a bad boy and then there's like smacking up multiple women and, and stuff yeah. like that, isn't there? And 
being involved with dodgy stuff like there's difference in there but she's um she needs to have a little word of herself i think <laughs> yeah she really does she really 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 does but i'm glad we've gotten on to the uh the main event is the nailed on cretins <laughs> of the year nailed on tag team hall of famers I'm, I'm, I'm sure if yeah. you don't win it i will show my ass in burton's window <laughs> but just before we get deep into the fucking toxicity of these two twats, nice little funny one, because, you know, it started the week old Meltzer with a bit of a <laughs> comic cretininity. So I wanted to get that on. You think, oh, lovely. Classic, classic Meltzer. It's not to- toxic. He's just a moron. <laughs> so on, whenever it was, uh, the 13th of May, we had the Eurovision Song Contest in Liverpool. <laughs> oh, yeah. <I> <laughs> and, and some guy, I'll give him credit, called Major Charles Innocent on Twitter, sent him a message saying, Hi Dave, I'm at the Eurovision show tonight in Liverpool. Would you like a report sent? Lots of European and Australian talent on the card. <laughs> Meltzer replies, sure. <laughs> that, that tickled me. However, it was brought to my attention. Some fucker does this every single year and he does the same <laughs> thing. The complete muppet. Every year. <laughs> Got one here from uh, 2021. <laughs> uh, Dave Meltzer, WON, do you want to report from the Eurovision show in Lisbon tomorrow? Lots and lots of European talent on the card, as well as Ryback headlining. <laughs> <laughs> and he replied, sure, sent to Dave at WrestlingObserver.com. <laughs> 2018. Uh, Dave Meltzer, do you want a, a report from tonight's show? Your original show in Stockholm, some great European talent on display. Again, sure. <laughs> it's like when Hogan was getting sent like these all these dodgy pictures. Like this is my brother, and it's like a picture of like Joseph Stalin or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> please send him some love, and he's like, yeah, call, call much love. Much love. Change. <laughs> 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 it's like one of them. <laughs> we'll have to look out for it next year, the Eurovision post, whoever does it. Hundred <laughs> percent. I just hope we don't cut on to it, the cretin. <laughs> the worst with- the funniest thing will be when he went like when he figures it out and then he gives it like he gives it like, oh I was working you all along. I knew it was a I knew it was a Eurovision. Yeah. <laughs> or he gives it a five it makes it like a five star show. Oh yeah, I saw that last night. It was great. <laughs> the the Estonian guy was fucking superb. <laughs> oh dear, that one is funny. That one did crack me up when he showed me. <laughs> Sadly though, with Meltzer, it always goes from the sublime to the fucking ridiculous. Yeah. What's he been up to and how CM Punk evolved this week? <laughs> well, it's just never ending, isn't it? It literally is never ending. I'm so utterly bored of it. <laughs> Yeah, but it's every want... time that it looks like he's coming back, they've got to sneak something out. Uh, well, it's him and Alvarez in it. To be fair, they've been popping up, and there's been a few things, aren't there? There was there was the earlier on in the sort of last week or so, there was the, the punk absolutely annihilated Alvarez on his Instagram, and he, and he put, also put out a video, and he said, uh, "I think Alvarez was spread, spreading some information and some rumors again. I don't know what they were." I can't remember exactly what they were. Um, he did it for months, though. To be fair, so yeah. he was he was up to his old tricks. And Punk, Punk said, 
Uh, I'll quote. This is what was on the, uh, the story. If, if you haven't seen it by now, then I don't know what you've been doing, really. So he said, look, everyone, Brian Alvarez doesn't like it when misinformed internet trolls make up rumours about him. So please stop making up rumours and stories for click while Brian makes up rumours and stories for clicks, okay? He's married, for God's sake. By God, that man has a family. Brian Alvarez, shut the fuck up and stop talking about me. Challenge day one. <laughs> So he's absolutely had his pants down, basically. <laughs> and you you know he was doing that, by God, that guy's got a family, proper JR. Like, by JR God! <laughs> so he's, he's basically, because obviously Alvarez is crying about people saying stuff about him. He doesn't like it when, it, when the shoe's on the other foot, obviously. Does he, um, fuck? Punk's basically called him out for it. He also put a little video up. I can't even remember exactly what he said, but he said, you know, everyone's trying to pick sides for people you don't even know. You don't know the stories. You're listening to people that don't have a clue. And he's just like, just let me get on with my life. If I come, you know, I mean, I've not been in wrestling for nine months and he still can't stop talking about me, blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> you know, it's just, like, like you said, when you think everything seems to be settling down, Alvarez comes out with something, Meltzer comes out with something, or one of the other ones, Bix and Span and all these knobheads and all sorts. So. Well, that's where I was going to go then because <laughs> the, best, the best thing about this punk Instagram post was the catalyst for one of the rants of the century on Cornet's <laughs> programme about Bix and Spud. It was fucking super. It was brilliant, that. It was like because 20 minutes of Brian Last just absolutely ripping him to shreds, wasn't it? He's a fucking weasel as well as Meltzer and Alvarez, man. He's, he might even be worse. Yeah, just not as vocal, at I suppose. At least they've actually got, you know, a following and, and their own publication, as loose as that may be a word. Yeah. But Abra's been a bit of a daft cunt recently again. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. He's he's put rocket fucking skates on, hasn't he? Jesus he's Christ. He's got a big push. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a big push from old Davy Boy. <laughs> now there was a there was a rumour going around that AEW's new TV deal was going to be worth one billion dollars, right? Yeah. And Brian Alvarez is losing his shit about it going. He said that someone in WWE has leaked the rumor of AEW getting a one million, one billion, sorry, pound, uh, dollar TV deal, so the internet would run wild. Quick recap: the rumor started on his own fucking message board <laughs> by some <laughs> by some gimp called Ryan Frederick, who's like he plays for not he? <laughs> no, he plays he plays for Bournemouth now, Matt. But... <laughs> In the uh, in the summer window, <laughs> but this guy he's been a fucking gimp on the message board for fifteen years, and he's a super moderator. Ooh, he means big time. So his quote was, "I don't have the exact numbers as far as years and dollars. However, I'm quite confident in predicting that it's going to surpass one billion dollars in the overall total value." Editing this to make sure it's clear that I'm talking overall value, not per year, and then he's put. I can almost guarantee not a single person outside of my circle will give me an ounce of credit for nailing every bit of this. You've not nailed it. If you get if they're getting one billion dollars, not as not as long as I've got a hole in my ass. <laughs> we don't even get that. Nah. I don't no, think. Surely not. I heard it was like fifty two million or something, not not even close to that number, so I don't know where that's come from. Yeah. Now he's he's been owned. Completely owned. <laughs> With this um, by the guys at PW Insider who actually do a good job and, and, and do yeah. fact. Perhaps even more interesting is that there was no media rights renewal announcement today. 
PW Insider is told by a source at Warner Bros. Discovery that there was never, ever a plan for either side to announce a new deal between AEW and WBD. There have been rampant speculation on loan, online sorry, about a new deal between the two sides worth an estimate as high as $1.5 billion. But beyond that speculation, there's never been any inkling from either AEW or Warner Bros. Discovery that a new rights agreement has been uh, locked in. It's just it, he's come from his own message board to Muppet, and then he's losing his fucking shit. It's it, what an absolute moron. That just shows that he's just lazy, and he's not checking where he's got it from. He's just someone's probably just sent him it on Twitter, going, "What do you reckon to this then?" And then he's just he's just ran with it. Oh, it must be WWF leaking that. Why would they? Where would they get that from? <laughs> and this is and this is the problem now, because he's so deep in this AEW thing. <laughs> to the point where him and Vincent Verhey, his little cohort, yeah. have been on Jericho's fucking podcast. Yeah, Do you know what I mean, they're not, they're not really anything, are they? It's, do you remember when he used to get like all the former big time wrestlers of yesteryear, Austin, yeah, whoever, and all like, like the, now he's the got these from WWF and stuff, and it's and he's on this fucking podcast that says, and Jericho's giving it, oh yeah, Hogan's a better worker than Flair, and stuff like that. Shut up. <laughs> Where's his love of Hogan come from all of a sudden? Because he realised he's him. Mm. <laughs> he's him in the in the in the new age. <laughs> but this uh CM Punk thing's got legs. Oh Davey's been on the uh, case, David Meltzer. Yeah, again. <laughs> yeah, he says AEW collision is happening, CM Punk. Who knows? And then he got completely fucking owned again by Dave Shearer <laughs> from PW Insider. Yeah. It says, I heard Dave Meltzer's bizarre recounting of what transpired concerning the punk situation on YouTube. He said he wasn't totally sure what happened, but then he said Mike Johnson's report on the situation was pretty close. How could he know that Mike was pretty close if he didn't know for sure what was going on? <laughs> he also said that the only people who knew what was going on were Khan, Punk and Ace Steel, and maybe one or two other people. So he's put, really? Not even Mega, the legal counsel, knew? Then he said he only knew what he knew because of certain people I know that are on a certain side that never talks to me, except they do. What does that even mean? <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it literally makes no sense. <laughs> I just can't understand this guy. <laughs> and then Dave Shearer makes a phenomenal point. A phenomenal point about Dave Meltzer. He's put, I have to be honest, I laughed out loud when I read this. The worst thing that ever happened to Dave Meltzer was AEW coming along. It's his kryptonite, and it makes him say things like what he said above. Here's the deal. The day Mike Johnson needs Dave Meltzer to validate what he reports is the day pigs fly, and I can do a topecon high-low. That (laughs) may sound... That may sound callous, but it's true. Mike has been ahead of this... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Don Callis. Mike has been ahead of this story from the start. He never wrote a, this could be the biggest day ever for AEW column like Meltzer did. He said, I'm waiting for the follow-up on that one. It will probably come around the time Tony Khan releases investigation findings. So never. <laughs> Mike Johnson never reported the bizarre rights for his story that many other sites did, many of whom did so as it as it were fact. Like Dave's side did when he That's came through his game message over that, board. How can Absolutely. 
owned. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's, it's so true though. It's like I've, I've never seen anyone just sum it up better than that. Really, <laughs> really enjoyed what reading that and then listening to it that you read out there. It was, just, it's just it's so factual about that guy. <laughs> I trust PW Insider any day over Meltzer because um, yeah, it's always based like balanced. You know, there's no hyperbole in there. It's pure, yeah. this is what I know. It might not be correct going forward, but if so, I'll I'll retract it or edit it. But this is what I have been told right this minute. It's mm. not whispers. He's not got little fucking gimps on the side. Who, you know what I mean? He'll go straight. Like I said, he's got a source at Warner Bros. Discovery. That's not some twat in the locker room mm. who's friends with the friends of the fucking elite, is it? Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like... It's like incredible sources. By the sounds of it. As credible as you can get in the wrestling business, really. Yeah. Which is what Meltzer used to have. Yeah. Everyone just sees him as a joke now, don't they? So why would anyone talk to him? Unless you unless you're giving him unless he's giving you five stars, six stars, whatever. <laughs> well that's all well, he yeah. is now, isn't it? A yeah. guy who critiques matches but doesn't really critique him. He just you know, he, he likes one specific style of wrestling and a bunch of specific people. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's just rumbling, rumbling on. I can't wait for it to fucking end all this stuff because it's just every week you get, or every other day even, it feels like you get a new development. You know, just you know, I want to, I want to, I want to know if he's coming back or if he's not, and then just fucking sack it off. Just, just a bit of clarity. AEW's just a complete shit show now. I mean, anyone mm. that I like watching is being marginalised completely. Yes, I know FTR have got the belts, but. It's just it's just literally giving them a fucking prop. They don't do yeah. anything. They're doing shit angles. They never wrestle. In, a, in in an angle, in a feud with Jeff Jarrett. Exactly. And they're bringing Mark Briscoe down, and you you had him on a fucking plate to give a push, sympathy yeah. push. I know that's a bit ca- like callous and lowbrow, but it's fucking wrestling. It's happened many a time. Rey Mysterio's whole fucking WWE career was based on Eddie Guerrero and yeah. still it. Yeah, to a certain degree, still gets brought up. Yeah, of course. To have like Mark, like you say, like Mark Briscoe just being like a special guest ref in just a random tag match. It's like, what's that? What's that doing for him? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. He's got to um, cater to his friends, hasn't he? Yeah, that's it. So it's it, it's got to be Alvarez. Just I think it's just Alvarez yeah. this week, just for his constant like his backtracking and his whining and his oh, he's an absolute. Complete and utter cock end, and he's really he's, come he's, out of the woodwork this year. He really has. I can't listen to Meltzer the way Meltzer talks with a, 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 a tangential goes off in four fucking different directions. Yeah. Like look at the shiny, shiny kind of you know, no attention span. But Alvarez's voice is the fucking whiniest voice, it's <laughs> so know. bad. He might know. be more coherent and talk more sense than Dave to a degree. But his his voice, he's did like the timbre of his voice, the pitch of his voice is fucking her- atrocious. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I will wholeheartedly back you on De- uh, Brian Alvarez. Yeah, absolute yeah. cretin of of the last three weeks, complete <laughs> easily, <laughs> easily. But um, that brings us to the end of a bumper cretin, doesn't it? Bloody hell, bumper Rooney. I know <laughs> what what a way to uh, end the the last cretin of the sort of period of time that we've got <laughs> sort of distinguished just yet. 
1996. <laughs> but we're on our way to the last show of 1996. It's the 30th of December 1996 from good old Knoxville, Tennessee. Talking about the NWO belt, right? You see this right here on the belt, right there, boss. Oh, let me you stop you that? right now. Let me stop you right now. We're all a family. We're all blood. We're all brothers and sister. The thing is, when you mess with Hollywood, you don't drop the ball. No. And, and the thing is, though, we're blood. We're all blood. Right. And even though you drop the ball, we prove the point to the whole world that even if we stutter step a little bit, we're so powerful. Because of the blood, the bond, they can't stop us. No, okay, okay, just say for harmonious sake, okay, I dropped the ball. You did. That's fine, Bumble I Rooski. dropped the point. Bumble. Here's Bumble the point. I, uh... Here's the point I want to make. You told me that if I won World War III, I went through 60 Sweet. athletes. Sweet, big Top guy. athletes in the world. And a fine job you did. Yeah. For one thing, Yeah. I want a shot. The, the NWO World Heavyweight Championship. You got, I want the gold. You got it. You got it. Here's it's the deal. It's all in the family. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop, Quiet, stop. Man. It's Quiet. all in the family. Let me explain it to you. You guys know the deal. We know. You know the we deal. Know. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I told you. Everything I told you is true. You go out and devastate 60 men with the help of the brothers. It's all in the family. Yes. And then you get your title shot. It's all the truth. But the thing is, the title shot is a buy. That means we got more time to go to LA and party, more time to make nice. more deals. Another movie. More time to more deals. And the deal is, you're not exactly. the enemy. I love you, man. Don't worry. You're not the enemy. You bought us some time. Your title shot is a buy for us. We're not fighting over the same. And as long as the belt stays in the family, we're right. cool. Right. Take care of business. One, one Take care of business. I can't have a chance to be the lead dog. Is this what you're telling me? Yeah, Boy, pretty pretty much. Much. Cool down, cool pretty down, much, cool down, cool down, man. You know, you're missing the point. Team, Here's the deal. I told you, as long as the belt is within the NWO family, everything's cool. As long as the belt's on me. You understand Look, that? Man. You he, understand that? You I'm Hollywood. He's going to run with it, man. Here's you the fumble. deal. We're blocked. Here's the deal. Well, hold on, big man. Here's the deal. You stutter step, you fumble, you drop the ball. Don't make the mistake of dropping the ball again. No. Don't I embarrass don't me again. You hey, drop the hey, ball. Get that camera out. Get that. Get that out of here. Get it out of here. Enough. Starts a bit different today. Yeah, it does get a little bit of a cold open, don't we, I suppose, in the back with uh, NWO turning up in the limos. 
everyone's buzzing. It's like, that was happened like the night before, like absolutely no selling the Hogan loss and all that. And um, I think it's funny though. <laughs> but then you get you get some, some quite good intrigue actually. I mean, yeah, the Giant and Hogan, you know, tension. You know, there's he says he says this is one of his favorite lines of the night. But he said he dropped the ball, brother. He dropped the ball. He let me down and all this and. And, and Giants going, hang on a minute, I won the free ring battle royale. Where, where's my title shot? Hogan basically just he just sort of puts him down. He's like, you know, I've got the belt, brother. As long as as long as one of us got it, everyone's got it and all this. And quite good actually, yeah. to be fair, from it's Hogan. A bye. It says he gets yeah. a bye. If one NWO gets a title shot, that just means it's a defense I don't have to make. Yeah. It's quite good to be yeah. fair for Hogan. It's yeah, it was. One of the best things he's done for quite a while, I would say. Obviously, it does get a little bit sort of face to face, a little bit. There's a little bit of heat there, and then, but then DBS is right. Get the camera out of here. Get the camera out of here now. So, I thought it was a good opening. To be fair, I thought it was quite good. One, one slight gripe I had with it. Kev had his bandana on. <laughs> he did. To be fair, he did look a complete tool. <laughs> is he doing it ironically? I don't know. I don't know. Probably. You never know with him. You never know with him. Maybe <laughs> he's trying to be like a gang, like a gang warfare in it, like type thing. That's what they're trying to go for, but it really work. <laughs> no. Uh, then we get Larry and Tony at the big boys' table. Yep. Hogan has the belt, but Piper beat him hands yep. down. Can't argue with it. How about that home? Larry's... Just oh, hundred percent. Got it all night. They were having it at home, and rightly so. Larry says Piper didn't drop the ball. And there's a crack the size of the nail in the foundation of the uh, NWO. Tony says he wants Piper to be the leader of WCW. The show stills from the Giant versus Luger and Sting's appearance. And then first up, we get the amazing French Canadians with Colonel Parker <laughs> versus the fucking pubic enema. Why this again, this match again. I know. I was again. thinking that. <laughs> He's genuinely they're genuinely going to ruin the French Canadians for me. And I like a bit of French Canadian. Yeah. But it got better because Colonel Parker comes down with a fucking pencil tash drawn on his fucking <laughs> top. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Do you remember we fucking hated him? Yeah. I fucking love him. I think he's, he's great. He's, got, he's, got, he's done a complete 180, hasn't he? <laughs> Mate, honestly, he just tickles me. Every, every week he just comes out with something just like a one-liner or he's just made a slight adjustment to his to his fucking ring <laughs> gimmick and it just pops me. I can't help myself with it. It's brilliant. I know. It is funny, really. It is. But I just... It's just these, these public enemies. Jesus. I just don't want to watch them. They've got the, I think mean, they've got the most go-away heat on the show for me. Uh, other than maybe yeah. Jarrett. But even his isn't as egregious as these two, I don't think. There's, there's a fair few who've got go-away heat with me. You know, them, Jarrett, Disco, Glacier. Yeah. <laughs> See that later. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, they've always got the fucking table, but they do get a pop and it winds me up. It winds it's me up more music. than the pop Luger gets. It's the music. Like the, yeah. Everyone loves the tune and stuff like that, don't they? But the, the AFC, I mean, I know it's cheapest of cheap heat with the National Anthem getting the words wrong, but it's funny as fuck, and it yeah. does get proper heat. Works, I just, doesn't it? I just can't be arsed with these two twats. <laughs> so you know every match is the same, don't you? You know the table's going to play a part. Someone's going through it, or they're going to go through it. It's just like, ugh. It's always the same way as well. It's always that, like, they set it up outside, and they do, like, assisted, like, yeah. 
it's always the same table spot as well. It's not like they mix it up or anything. And um, you only hit it about fucking 30% of the time anyway. Most people move. Useless. <laughs> so you get you get the usual some some good stuff from French Canadians, but it, it's like can we just get them moved on now? Can we get them into something a bit more meaningful? Maybe that that'd be a bit better. Exactly. Yeah. Jack Rougeau is a great cunty heel. Yeah, and Carl Will Carl Willett. Carl Willett's just fucking a big fucking beast, isn't he? Yeah. Public enemy are chasing him because they're doing that heel spot where they bail and they walk off like I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, public enemy chasing and hit him with their own fucking flags. Will it? It's the steps. Jack Rougeau's on the table, and then he bails, and those two gimps go through it, which was lovely to see. <laughs> and then uh, they get the top rope assisted sent on for free. It was the right winner. But yeah, it was absolutely turd. But the AFC is still over with me. They just need better opponents, mate. Really <laughs> I love how you've given them a name, the AFC. <laughs> Amazing French Canadians. <laughs> Quite like that. That's just going to call it, doesn't it? it? AFC Wimbledon. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like I say, good finish. Hopefully that's the end of that little mini feud now. Let's, don't really want to be seeing the public enemy any much much longer than that. Jesus. Um, no, you don't. You, you, the, the problem with the public enemy is, and it really fucking winds me up, but all they are are... Uh... Scam. Subhuman scam. <laughs> Is that a partridge uh, <laughs> soundboard there, by any chance? Listen, don't be giving me shit away. It's partridge <laughs> in my pocket, mate. <laughs> that could come out sometimes. I like that. <laughs> Moving swiftly on from that, we get quite an interesting match next. We get the Ultimo Dragon with Sonny Ono versus Jushin Thunder Liger for the Cruiserweight belt. Only the Cruiserweight belt, though. Yeah, J-Crown's not on the line, is it? Well... It will well, be in the New Japan show, whatever it is. Yeah. Five or six days later, I think he wins it. Yeah, so the newly crowned WCW Cruiserweight Champion in Ultima Dragon. Two of those memorably memorable looking guys they could probably put on in a match. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought I was watching like a Power Rangers movie where they fucking, <laughs> you know, they all fight at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was... Shorter than I was expecting, but I thought there was some good stuff in there. I was there was that fear that because there's a little bit of similarities between them that maybe it wouldn't work. But, but I thought it was I thought it was all right. What did you reckon? I thought it could be good, hmm. but I thought it could also be a spot fest depending how long you get. Yeah, it depends when the shorter matches they just try and brain cage it, don't they? So it's like, yeah, I thought Dragon's music is a lot less racist than Liger's. <laughs> One of them's going to have the, the Shanghai tune or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like the Japanese Shanghai, but never mind. Whatever. <laughs> Dragon's it's... clearly the heel. Yeah, definitely. Liger dominated it for early stages, though, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I mean, they do the inevitable sort of fast-paced, lucha-esque stuff to a stalemate literally every fucking match. Yeah. And that's still, still something that they do today. Yeah, that's not gone away, is it, at all? No. There was some really good stuff. Like, some really nice, like, similar, like, couple of, like, Eddie-esque moves. Like, a beautiful tilt a whale backbreaker by Liger. That um, was sloppy as fuck. Did you not like it? No, because he was no-selling, like, the, the clotheslines, and then he just hits this sloppy look. He looked like he didn't have full control of it, to me. 
that's why I think that's pro- I think that's maybe why I liked it. it. Looked a bit dirtier. I don't know if it's just you like, it, you like a dirty total world, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I do. It's one of my favourites, I think. And then there was um, a, like you said, a couple of little spotty bits, but there was one that was quite good. I thought there was a backbreaker by Dragon and a suicide dive, but it was quite quick and spontaneous, so it wasn't wasn't much standing around time or anything like that. Near falls for like a brain buster, which mm, at this point, I'm not sure I like that, but. And then there was a little switch Frankensteiner and a and a and a German with a bridge for free for uh, for yeah. dragon. Hey, it's a Dragonsteiner and a Tiger Suplex, by the way. Oh, there you go, there you go. That's why you're the Mike Tanay of the two of us. <laughs> as long as I'm Mike Tanay and not Excalibur, we're all right. <laughs> but the, the the most the most ridiculous thing that I think I heard from this entire segment was, uh, I think it was Tony going, "We have." A midget match coming up later, and I was like, "What? Don't, don't this isn't me being offensive. This is what was said on the broadcast. Oh yeah, we have, we have a midget tag team match, uh, and I was like, and Oh they great! Wouldn't shut up about it. They mentioned, mentioned it, it a lot, ten times. <laughs> they mentioned that a lot. Certainly something you wouldn't be able to say on a 2023 television, anyway. And another thing you wouldn't be able to say on 2023 television was um, Larry Zabisco's uh, description of the Tolpe Suicida. As a kamikaze deluxe. <laughs> oh, God. Fuck's sake. Is Abisco still around? Is he still alive? Yeah, he's on commentary, man. <laughs> in, in, in nowadays, I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. I think he um, he put Bruno in the Hall of Fame, I think. I think did he? he? Did the induction, yeah. Cause he had did he make any racist feud. comments in that speech? Uh, possibly not. <laughs> Bringing up Liger's brain tumor a lot, they were saying, Oh, yeah. well, if you hit head wrong and all this, which you can't really argue with that. Um, I thought it was a bit sloppy, to be fair. I thought it was a kind of you got five minutes, get your shit in kind of thing. Uh, they've definitely had Brian Cage inf- match, yeah, they've had infinitely better matches when they've had more yeah, time. I felt like I do get, I get what you mean, there was a bit rushed, and that's why I said it was quite short, but there was a few bits in there where I'm thinking. If they got ten minutes, maybe we could have got a good match there. It was definitely not the worst opener we've ever seen on Nitro. No, it, it certainly well, it wasn't the opener, was it? But opening match. <laughs> oh, it wasn't, wasn't it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a public enemy. It's, oh, it certainly wasn't the worst match on the fucking show. No, that's true. Let's just say that it, it wasn't awful. I just thought it was a bit sloppy. It was like they were just trying to cram as much as they could into five minutes. But yeah. you know, it's something we see quite often these days. Yeah. Saying that, though, no match on AEW goes for five minutes. Exactly. Sometimes those five-minute matches are quite nice. <laughs> Next up, though, we get what I thought could, on paper, be one of the best matches I've ever seen. We get Conehead versus <laughs> M-fucking-Chinlock <laughs> in a strap match. This is going to be shite. <laughs> M-Chinlock, that's that's Wall Street, if anyone is listening for the first time. <laughs> yeah, guys in Nepal and Lebanon. <laughs> we're getting big over there you see <laughs> honestly we're not joking we have listeners in Nepal and Lebanon which baffles me but <laughs> we fucking love you man <laughs> so it's meant to be Big Bubba versus Conehead yeah. in a strap match but we get Chinlock what's um, the crap with the strap where's that come from what's that got to do with I've no, I have no idea here comes the mulleted Chinlock because <laughs> Bubba's no showed Atrocious wooden promo explaining Bubba can't make it. And then he jump starts it. 
It's yeah. fucking dreadful. It was a short standard strap match. Conrad whips him for a bit. He does that lame forward roll lariat. Don't get why he does that. It takes away from the impact, surely. Wall Street drags him and touches three corners. But as he's dragging him, Conrad's touching the three corners after him. Quite like that. Yeah. It's a good finish. Yeah. It's just a shame about everything else that went on in it. So <laughs> yeah, like, but, yeah. <laughs> Wall Street drops him and Conrad falls in and touches the fourth pad. Then Chinlock touches the pad. Turns out Conrad wins. Yeah. That's thought... the uh, second loss in two nights for the NWO. Yeah. That's why you need gimps like Wall Street in the team, isn't it, to take the pins? Well, this is the problem now. You're going to get loads of losses now. It's expanding. It yeah. was it was horseshit with a nice finish. Yeah, that's that's it. That was one of my biggest notes from the match. Pretty garbage match, but I enjoyed the finish. It was quite creative and probably the best man, the the better man in the situation won. To be fair, oh, inf- um, infinitely better than fucking Chinlock, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, not a massive fan of Conehead, but he's infinitely better than Chinlock. Yeah, hundred percent. After that, though, we get a bit more NWO TV time. Hogan and Bischoff are coming down to the ring. I think the answer is what? You know, Hollywood, it was magic last night, my man. It was magic. You beat Roddy Piper right in the middle of the ring. I love that, man. When did you know you really had him? That's a lot. You know something, Eric Bischoff? When Roddy Roddy Piper had the guts to show up, I knew right then I had him. And when he brought that little kid of his and made his son drop down on his knees and beg, please, Mr. Hogan, don't beat my dad up too long. I knew right then and there I had to have some mercy. I got to me too, man. It really did. But Hulk, in the middle of the ring, you proved you are the icon that everybody in this building has always known you are. You are the man. Give it up for the Hulkster. Come on, give it up. Yeah, let's boo him out of the building. You know, when I came to town today, everybody said, Hollywood, you are the man. Hollywood, we can't believe how you destroyed Rowdy Roddy Piper in Hollywood. The Hollywood rules shirt is so cool, man. I'm not going to take it off tonight because, yes, Hollywood, you are our hero. But you know what's really disappointing, Hulkster, is the man, I mean, he's like Haley's Comet. It's once in a lifetime. He came, he got beat, and now he's gone. You know, I'm trying to be very, very light on the situation at hand, but to come in for one shot and one shot only, when you lose and you're beaten by Hollywood, it's not a disgrace. But the brother made a lot of scratch by hanging onto my coattails. And the bottom line is to come in for one night, take a beating and leave. Now I lost a lot of respect for him because you know what? He's the type of real coward that underneath that dress, there ain't nothing happening and you'll never see him again. All right, let's have a moment of silence, please, in memory of Roddy Roddy Piper. Now, heck with that. Heck with that. Give it up for the man. This is the man.
Bischoff grabs his grabs a mic. Says last night was magic. Uh, he's going on about Hogan beat Piper right in the middle of the ring. He didn't know, did he? <laughs> just what's the point? This is the analogy he used. He said Piper's like the Haley's Comet. Uh, you know, it's a one in a billion or one in a million. Something he said he comes in for one night and then it's never to be seen again for another lifetime and all this. Load of rubbish, really. Um, it was pretty standard stuff, to be fair. It's what you expect to. It's that. Yeah. How do I explain it? It's. I thought it was half decent. He yeah. plays that chicken shit delusional heel quite well. And for Hogan, it wasn't, it didn't go too long. It wasn't it rambling. Wasn't, yeah, to be fair, I'll give you that. It wasn't Hogan's worst night. For the most part, he was all right. He got good heat. Yeah. It's very, Bischoff was piping Hogan off for about five minutes at one point, though, wasn't he? He was just like, absolutely loving it. Yeah. <laughs> and then Tony was like piping in, saying, We've got tape. We've got tape of Piper beating him right in the middle of the ring. So we'll be showing you that later. That was a red flag to me because they never showed the tape. They showed the fucking stills. Yeah, but there's a reason for that, though, isn't there? We'll get to that in a second. Yeah, we know that. So that was that. I mean, like you say, a few a few bits we've already heard, but not the worst Hogan and Bischoff segment has been. And then we get um, a guy that I he's one of the ones I hate the most probably on the show, uh, Hugh <laughs> Morris <laughs> versus Kens- Kensuke Sasaki. We saw him against Sasaki, yeah. Yeah, we did. It's Akira Hokuto's husband. I mean, yeah. I, I really don't need to see this prick again. <laughs> but Sasaki is a nice addition. Yeah. So we'll see what he's about. Yeah. Again, massively racist music. <laughs> and possibly one of the worst dog shit waterfall mullets with tram lines. <laughs> tram lines. <laughs> they were quite what? popular back in the day, weren't they? They were. <laughs> I had him. We know I lines. <laughs> However, he still looks fucking nails, though. Yeah, it looks hard. It looks hard as fuck. <laughs> it's a lot of standard big lad stuff, isn't it? Yeah, just you know, two shoulder big boys. charges. Yeah, that was basically how he started, wasn't it? But it Larry, was, Larry uh, was putting that Suzaki over a lot, saying, "Oh, he's, he doesn't need to get into this. He's he's a great wrestler and all this," and he, he sort of tried his best to put him over in that regard. Infinitely better wrestler than Hugh Morris. Um, I think 97 was his breakout year, sort of in Japan. Uh, He don't don't really sell much of Hugh Morris's stuff, which was nice. (laughs) (laughs) Sasaki's is better than this, let's be honest. There's a nice suplex to Hugh Morris, but then Morris no-sells. It was a bit like watching sort of AEW for a bit, where they're sort of just chopping fuck out of each other and no-selling every big move that they give him, and I'm just like this. (laughs) <laughs> Bishop, as we were saying, alluded to a minute ago, because Tony was going on about we've got the tape, we're gonna show that you show that to you later. Bischoff turns up, he's got he's got a, a VHS sit tape cover. <laughs> um it's like the pay-per-view D- DVD. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, you won't be showing anything tonight. You won't be showing anything while I've got this. Um, he's got a master tape. Yeah. And like <laughs> it's quite funny because like Zabisco was almost like burying the angle. He was like, that cat, that, that's he's only got the master. He's only got the master. But then Tony kept having to go, yeah. But we we don't have the we don't have the other ones. <laughs> don't have the other ones, Larry. He's like, have you got nothing? Have you got nothing on Beta or anything like that? I've got it some lovely stuff good. on Beta Max. <laughs> but then uh, Tony says, can't show you the clips, but they've got some stills. They love a still. Love a still after a pay per view. <laughs> still. We cut back to the match, and there's some really nice stuff by Sasaki. Nice arm takedown. Uh, he misses a top rope elbow drop. 
Morris, it's the fat boy moonsault. Ono breaks uh, two with the flag and gets this guy DQ'd. Uh, Morris goes after him, but Ono bails. And then we get more stills. So they do they do show uh, Piper sort of winning, but they don't actually they don't actually show Hogan in the hold or anything like that, do they? No, it's just, they show it's Piper's just, hand raised. Yeah, it's like that. It's, it's so it's you can tell Hogan's done that. Honey. You can show him winning a match, but don't show me on the floor. He's like, mate, it was on pay per view to like hundreds of thousands of people. Like, what are you trying to hide? Like, I don't understand. Um, See, this is this is the thing I have with this at the moment because I'm thinking, oh right, well, Hogan's Penny's finally dropped with Hogan. He's playing the sort of chicken shit delusional yeah. coward heel. But then, because you know what he's like, you're thinking he's probably lobbied for this. <laughs> That's what I mean. You can't, you can't you can't fully get into him, can you? <laughs> can't, can't they can't see me lose, brother? But they did last night. We had like fifty thousand people by the pay per view. Yeah, <laughs> but but the whole nation didn't see it. <laughs> Oh, he's a fucking dick, isn't he? He really is. He said, uh, Larry said it was the still of a thousand words. <laughs> so that's Dean's gimmick, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 832, arm bar raised. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, after that, though, we get a returning Harlem Heat. Oh, hey! Haven't seen them in a while, have we? Nice to see them. No. Back. And who are they against, though? They are against the big boys. Yeah, the man. Clubbing, the clubbing bastards, faces of fear. <laughs> this is a match that you could chuck out anytime, I think. It would be a bit of quality. Loving this. Love it. <laughs> just, just four big boys going at it, wasn't it? Got new gear to Harlem. Yeah, nice. It was nice. It's sort of yeah. a, toned, a toned down quintessential. Yeah, it was. It was nice. I enjoyed that. It's actually. Gar- Intro just fucking pops me every time. It's just Trash mint, talking, it? love it, love it. The yeah. tune's mint, isn't it? That, that tune is just class. <laughs> Do you know what? You, you, you'd have thought Vince wouldn't have let him keep it, but I'm glad he did. Yeah, it's so quick. It's so Booker T, isn't it? Like it's just. Oh yeah. Like obviously Harlem Heat as well, but like as soon as you hear that tune, you know who it is. It's just mint. But do you think of this one then? Because this is right up your street, isn't it? Yeah, there was no Jimmy Hart, which was interesting. Yeah. I don't know what was going on there. Was it because he was involved earlier on in the match with with Walt? I don't know. Well, I have no idea. It's just just we get Sherry, which is always nice. Yeah, just big stiff bastards to start Meng and Stevie. Naughty yeah. clothesline by Meng. Barb just tees off on him. It takes a scissor kick and a side kick to get fucking Barb off his feet. Yeah, that was naughty, though, wasn't it? Nice combinations. Yeah, but then it's the monstrous over the head, belly to belly, top rope, and just launches Booker just fucking 40 foot across the ring or whatever he is. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. But then Booker straight up barely sold. <laughs> He's a street fog, isn't he? That's the gimmick. He's <laughs> badass. There's a proper dirty backbreaker by a man. Loved it. Yeah. Filthy. <laughs> and then old porno slash Parker comes down. Give Sherry a spank. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Larry's best quote of the night. He says, "Parker just hit her on the Bischoff." <laughs> it, it popped me. I can't. I can't lie. <laughs> Sherry starts throwing hands at her, doesn't she? She gets on top of him, smacking him, clawing him. Love that. To be oh fair. yeah, she fucking drops him, and then Canadians are down. Now that's a match I'd enjoy: Harlem Heat versus the Canadians. Yeah, or faces versus the Canadians. That'd be cool. Yeah. It all breaks down. There's fucking bodies everywhere. 
You throw powder at Stevie, men covers, Booker comes off the top with a Harlem hangover, and then Stevie rolls over and covers for free. It was batshit fucking crazy, but I loved it. <laughs> I thought the bet the finish was messy as outline, but it, it was it was just yeah. it was quite fun, wasn't it? It was quite fun. I loved it. I love all three teams. <laughs> Sherry's mint and just Parker at the moment tickles me like Patrick <laughs> used to tickle me. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Yeah, that was a fun one. We get Gene in the aisleway with Diamond Dallas Page. Hello, Gene. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tony Schiavone, Larry Zabisco, Diamond Dallas Page on the heels of Starcade last night in neighboring Nashville. I wanted to bring you in. You know, you've got the bum rush from the NWO in recent weeks. You've declined, as far as I know. But then all of a sudden last night, big opportunity for you. And who should come and turn on you but Hall, Nash, the NWO. I'm very curious, what are you going to do about it? Don't worry about it. Well, I, it's not just me, Diamond Dallas Page. A lot of people want to know what you're going to do about it. Like I said, don't worry about it, Gene. Am I crying? I'm not crying about it. I'm a fixer. I'm going to fix things, and I'm going to move on. Well, there's got to be more to that. What do you mean specifically by fixing something? Listen, Gene, sometimes people, they say to me I'm a little thick-headed. And maybe they're right. Maybe I am a little bit stubborn. And maybe sometimes, maybe I don't get it right away. You get dropped on your head, you get it. Wait a minute, they took, they, they deprived you perhaps of the biggest opportunity you've had thus far in your professional wrestling Listen, career. Gene, the NWO is too strong right now. I know what I gotta do, and I know what's gonna happen. What are you going to do, Mr. Page? Well, the NWO. Okay, thank you, Diamond Dallas Page. We are live here at primetime on TNT for Nitro when we come back. Don't go away. Gene's asking some questions. He wants to know DDP's thoughts on the attack by Hall and Nash last night at the pay-per-view. DDP's very almost shell-shocked. Really what, yeah, he doesn't really know what to say. He's a man of few words at this in this sort of segment. He says yeah, he's he, sort of resigned to the fact that he can't beat him, so he may as well join him, basically. Yeah, that's that's the impression that's given off, isn't it? Uh, he says he doesn't need to, don't worry about it because he's going to fix things and move on. But then Gene's like, no, we want answers now. <laughs> he's like really pushing for it. And he and he's like, the NWO are too strong and he knows what he's got to do. Um, yeah, he says he's a fixer and he's not crying and he'll move on. But yeah. Gene being Gene, a bit like Ellsworth, just can't leave it. <laughs> Ellsworth. <laughs> That's an inside one, isn't it? <laughs> it certainly is. Um <laughs> I thought it was all right, but I bet it was different to the usual page stuff. But I quite yeah. like that. Yeah, it was in, it was a change in pace, wasn't it, and a change of tone and stuff like that, which made you think, "What's going on here?" It's a nice bit of intrigue to it. I thought atrocious bum bag on page though. <laughs> it was that one. It was you're right. <laughs> Can't be having that. He just needs he just needs a pair of Crocs and some lycra shorts. He could be holidaying in Marbella at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> no carbs before Mabs. <laughs> you all fucking wear them, honestly. <laughs> we get our two pyro back, though. God knows why. Yeah, bang on again. 
It's, it's <laughs> odd that they keep getting it right. I know. I thought they'd done away with the hour two pyro, though. It seems to have come back. <laughs> but, um, as usual, in the second hour, Bobby Heenan and Mike Tanay have joined Shivani. They're hammering home the point that Hogan, that Hogan did not beat Piper, no matter what you know Bischoff and Hogan have said. Um, refer back to the friction between the NWO earlier in the night, and then they keep going on about this midget tag team match, which is just uncomfortable <laughs> to listen to, really. But this um, just proves how much of a f- no fucks they give at the moment about the top of the second hour, because we yeah. get possibly one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> what disco inferno? <laughs> this bro inferno versus the glacier mint. <laughs> It's it's like someone's booked my nightmare and then made me review it. <laughs> it's absolutely shocking, on it? Just beyond shocking, really. <laughs> it comes out in fucking peach pajamas, <laughs> like silk pajamas. He looks abysmal. He needs fucking shooting. <laughs> Crowd's dancing though, aren't they? <laughs> Who's worse, Glacier. though, Inferno or Glacier? Fucking hell. I well, I don't think Glacier's as bad as Inferno, but Disco Inferno is more cost-effective. <laughs> it's got to be the biggest waste of money in the history of wrestling, surely. Glacier, yeah. What a waste of time. Dispro gets a bit of mic time. <laughs> he, yeah. he, he grabs the mic and he compares Glacier to Peyton Manning or something. It's lost reference on me, really. I think he's an NFL player. He's a quarter, but I know I know who he is, but I didn't realise he was playing American football in 1996, so... Yeah, I don't know. It's just shit, isn't it? It's a woeful attempt at getting heat, it really is. <laughs> and and it doesn't get any better, does it? Because the match was absolutely fucking wank. It's just, it could be one of the worst we've seen, I think. We get a couple of arm drugs. Going to give him a rating? <laughs> yep. 4.6 on the steamboat. <laughs> That's poor, that, isn't it? That's one of the worst ones. That's the worst rating I think we've had. It is the worst rating. I can't, I can't <laughs> give any higher than a 4.6. There's lo- loads, of, loads of fucking dog shit kicks and martial arts posing. <laughs> There's a power bomb. Gimpy Inferno pulls the ref in front of him and he hits a clothesline, which I think was giving him a bit too much. In his little wooden promo before, Andy goes on, he's got a new leg hold. <laughs> he he doesn't know how to put it on. <laughs> uh, he's trying to do like the figure four, wasn't he? But he couldn't get it. <laughs> it's the wankest of lame comedy, it really is. Should be on being the elite, for fuck's sake. <laughs> he dances funny. like a dickhead, as always. Big kick. Three. Wank. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Did you enjoy this, Mark? Utter shit. Cued and nonsense shadow fighting. <laughs> yeah. We get more obligatory stills again. This yeah. time, Benoit and Jarrett from Starcade, and they mention the uh, Mexican quote-unquote midget match for the fucking tenth time. But then we get something that, on paper, could be pretty decent. Mm. Chris Benoit with woman versus old Chrissy Jezza. Mandalay Bay and Hilton Gardening's favourite son. Come on, baby! <laughs> if it goes more than... if it Well, if, I know it doesn't go more than 10, but if it went more than 10, it could have been decent. Again, yeah. this was like four and a half, five minutes, and it was a get-your-shitting job. Yeah, it starts off with a nice pace. She has a drop kicks Benoit to the apron out, and it's a missile drop kick. 
Jezza shines and he gets like a hot shot as his attempt at a Rana. Stuff, stuff like this. And then Benoit gets all fucking nasty and mean and slaps him and sees his ass and puts the four horsemen sign in his face. Which yeah. it was it was almost like small fingers kind of thing. <laughs> Bit weird. <laughs> Thought Benoit's mullet when it's not wet looks even fucking worse. Is that possible? <laughs> it was it was bouffant. It was growing out, not down. It was it was weird. What do you reckon to this? Because there was a bit of nice stuff in there. Brutal Spinebuster. Yeah, it's, it's some alright stuff in there. It's just like you said, it's just a bit short, really. You could have could have given it another five minutes. Fucking why have you got a midget match on the card? And you what's the point? What is that all about? And you could have given another few three or four minutes to this. Uh, some nice stuff from Jericho, some early sort of like fast paced stuff, which I enjoyed. And then the, the sort of main streak of Benoit comes through sort of after that initial flurry, like you said. Like Jericho misses a lion salt and then it all sort of breaks down a bit a, a super belly to back superplex from the top for a Benoit to get the free, which I quite like to be fair. A couple, couple of spots I enjoyed. It was a great counter out of the power bomb into a backslide by Jericho. I thought that was nice. Yeah, he nearly pinched it, didn't he, with that? That was quite good. Yeah. And the other chop exchange, but it was quick and it was vicious. It wasn't laboured and drawn out like it is these days where it's like chop and then five seconds later the other one chops. And then, do you know what I mean? It was just like yeah. slap, 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 and then went into something else. Yeah, it was, it was a nice quick TV match, but on a pay-per-view with more time, this could probably be class. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's see it again one day. We'll see it again for ten minutes or so. And see what we can think of it then. After that, though, we get Gene again. He's back doing an interview in, on the ramp with the Horseman minus Arn. I do not see Arn Anderson here. Okay. Huh. Please, Ric Flair. I lose this guy every now and then. Last night there seemed to be a little disorganization or perhaps miscommunication within the ranks. Of the four horsemen, it involved Chris Benoit, Steve Maga McMichael. You had an opportunity to see that. The nature boy, Ric Flair, was watching on television. Deborah, I just want to say, woman, I am so glad you're... I've missed you, girl. I was just talking about you last night, how much I missed you. You know, you two need to keep your mouth shut. You don't have a vote here. You haven't been here long enough. Do you understand? Just keep your mouth shut. Listen to it. Listen to it. It'll be the day when a skirt like you tells Mongo what to do. Mongo. Wait a minute. Jeff Jarrett all of a sudden. Gene, it looks like the ladies out here are creating a few more problems than they're solving. But I want to talk about a problem, Rick. When I came into World Championship Wrestling, you said I was the man. You said I could walk the walk and talk the talk to lead the four horsemen, not only just to lead the four horsemen, but to unite WCW. And last night, I had this man beat one-on-one, and Arn Anderson drops me on my head. He's your right-hand man, right? Hey, speaking of Arn Anderson, where is your best friend, huh? Where is he? Where is he? Now you're talking about something I can communicate on. You, of all people, are asking me where Double A is on New Year's Eve. Eve, he's over at the Hyatt with another light his hands so cold. Woo! It'll freeze the hand off an Eskimo. So, baby, light up the cameras. Woo! Turns out the lights. 
the Hurstman. trying to lighten everybody up. And uh, Deborah, I don't know if you get that feeling. Jared, you proved yourself last night. You can be anything but a horseman. Uh-oh. Oh, that is a very strong, very strong statement. Try sort that out, Deborah. anyway. I don't know. You know, I've been thinking about this, and I finally figured out why woman's so upset. She's just got up all these built-up hostilities because of her weight gain over the holiday season. And you know, Steve, it's a good thing I got between oh, you and Chris, because you were going to kill that little boy. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, throwing... Oh, mean Gene! Let's get the horsemen do what they do best, and that's staying all night! Uh -huh. Woo! And staying a little longer! Come on, Deborah. Thank you! Oh, yeah. I don't know if uh, there is entire happiness within the ranks of the four horsemen. So, um, more dissension between Mongo and Benoit and the ladies. You know, it's all kicking off. I mean, Flair tries to play peacemaker. I don't know if there's a worse peacemaker going. In comes Jarrett. He addresses Flair, wants to know what's, go wants to know what's going on with Arn. And Flair's like, oh, he's on the booze. And he started, and, he's, and he just starts dancing with woman. Honestly, this segment was shit. shit. It, was shit. <laughs> it, was, it was proper shit. It's just the same rubbish we've heard for the last month, two months. And it's just not going anywhere. And then Roboto's getting her 2P and, oh, she gained weight. You know, it's like, well, what is this all about? It's like high school like rivalry, isn't it? Like that. It's like two like yeah. prom queens and all this. And it's like Flair didn't get the memo either. It was like a quite a, it was quite a tense and he was just doing a dance with everyone every two minutes. He, yeah. He's he clearly doesn't like tension or confrontation, Flair, does he? He just no. wants the good times. Just wants them. <laughs> Roboto, she's going on with herself about oh I've missed you to to, yeah. to woman and, and then like woman fires back a Mongo baby. No babies, by the way. Yeah. He says a, a skirt doesn't tell Mongo what to do in the third person. <laughs> it was it was just fuck knows what Flair was doing. It was just Flair's just like classic head in the sand bloke here, isn't it? Yeah. He just wants to at the goat drink, and it's without Arn, it's just not cohesive. <laughs> no, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. <laughs> It's just a fucking bunch of people yapping and Flair's completely checked out because he's injured. Basically. <laughs> I'm ignoring Tony the Tiger now because he's a woeful yeah. human. Yeah, let's get rid of him. Then we get to the highly anticipated, if you want to listen to the commentators all night, midget tag team match. <sighs> what is this? <laughs> what is this? I mean, to be honest, John, I'm gonna, not going to lie to you. I use my skip. It's brilliant! <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw bits and pieces of it, but I'm just thinking this is just shit, isn't it? What is this all about? Um, okay, so next we get. Don't listen to Mark. That, that is superb. <laughs> it was That's Octagon, <laughs> Octagon Cito and Mascarita Sagrada versus Jerito Estrada, not Jericho, Jerito, and Paratita Morgan. <laughs> Morgan's come from in that so we get the Mexican minis match they've been harping on about all night and luckily for us we're going to get more of it soon enough into 1997 oh god it's essentially a of wrestling that was getting big at this point or something the, the WWE had it at the, at the Rumble oh god <laughs> which, which we are watching <laughs> it's essentially a luching tag match for two minutes or so so it's a fucking blur of moves with no context. One of them tries to jump it, runs full tilt into the buckle, 
Bret Hart buckle bump, and it's before the match even starts. The fellow without the mask, there was one without a mask. He looks far too tall to be a mini. He's like, <laughs> he's, he's like five foot, apparently. Right? So to me, that's not a that mini. That's the si- well, that's the size of my stepmom. Do you know what I mean? So apparently that's the limit. The tallest you can be to be a mini is five foot. So is that the right terminology, mini? Well, that's what I'm calling it because I don't because I, I don't want to I don't want to use the the word midget because I've been told that that's not the preferred nomenclature. The word the words little people apparently is the is the preferred nomenclature. However, the only person, the only little person, quote unquote, mini. I've heard speak is Hornswoggle, so and he says he doesn't mind being called a midget. So I don't know. I'm just going to err er, er on the side of caution and say mini. So basically, if you, if the limit is five foot, right, Rey Mysterio can nearly be a mini. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if mini's correct. Is that right? <laughs> I'm, I, I, I've heard it's a minis match in the past, so I don't know what's correct, Mark. I don't. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be. You know. You know what I'm like. I don't want to offend anybody unless it's somebody who deserves to be offended, and um, then I couldn't give a shit. But I won't. I wouldn't use any. You know, wrong terms to offend somebody. I'll just call you a prick. If you're a prick, you're a prick. <laughs> well, the shit on Hornswoggle. All four of them. They were all better than anything I've ever seen him do, personally. But there was no tags. It was a proper mess. It was athletic as fuck, as all Lucha tends to be. But it's not for me. The <laughs> smallest one, Mascarita Sagrada, was a handstand on the buckle, which was impressive as fuck. And that was all I got from it. <laughs> Who won? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but um, next, but we that, get something yeah. that's longer than five minutes. It was 10 minutes long, Mark. Yeah, no. Yes, it's an extender. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> the partridge in the pocket is a good addition. I enjoy that. <laughs> Slightly disrespectful they didn't get an entrance. <laughs> from yeah, I thought... <laughs> but when you're in doubt, you can always pull this shit out. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's a lovely addition to the show, lovely. Never going never gonna to complain about seeing these two go at it, are we? But um, I've literally wrote weird and kind of disrespectful that they've got no entrance. But but the but the minis did. <laughs> and, you know, the main, main event segment needs as much time as possible. Yeah, exactly. This is standard, always going to be classic, isn't it? That's it. I mean, obviously you get your standard feeling out process between these two, but even that's lovely to watch. Yeah, it's like they get a little like nostalgia of like the other matches. Like you'll they'll see spots. I saw that in the last one, but they expand yeah. on it and they've they've met, like no match has been the same. But they've all they've always they've always got sprinklings of the things that you really liked about the the previous one. I agree. I think it's probably my favorite two opponents to watch in in this run so far. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously we're going to see other stuff as we get deeper into it, but like yeah. for the first sort of what. <laughs> Sort of eight months we've watched, and ninety like the eight months of ninety six we've watched. I don't think there's been anything better. No, in terms of in terms of match quality, it's been a nice little subtle feud as well, isn't it? Like in in, like it's never really gone away, but it's always you can always throw it out there. Love watching them, and they just click, don't they? They just have a great chemistry in the ring. To be fair, 
And half, half the battle is that, isn't it? I mean, yeah. if you click with somebody, you can click with somebody without doing technical masterpiece, but, you know, when somebody clicks and they can pull out some of this shit, mm. it's not, there's not yeah. really much better. No. Ray gets a, a an 8.5 on the steamboat. Very nice. And then and then Dino bails, but Ray dives through the ropes and rounds him. It was fucking mint. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Dean had to really sort of put the brakes on, didn't he, and just say, whoa, hang on, what's going on here? I don't want to lose control of it. I love that about Dean, because you've got that ability. He's got that, like, uh, it's like a, it's like when you, like, when, when you bring on like a holding midfielder or something like that, you just want to sh- try to shut the shut the game down. Do you know what I mean? You want to <laughs> tune it up. Let's just hold what we have. He's a bit like that, and he just like, hang on a minute. <laughs> He's trying to say like Dino Dino Malenko's coached by Mourinho. <laughs> he's Back very he's, well, he's quite regimented, isn't he? Where he, he like he wants to be in control or everything like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a bit like when. Um, when, when you know when Skulls was retiring and we were like two and a half, and it's like let's just bring him on for twenty minutes just to just to dictate the tempo. <laughs> <laughs> Is this his second retirement or his first retirement? Well, neither one. <laughs> <laughs> you got you, like he's got he goes in the back Malenko for a bit of a coaching session, and but. Jose's been banned from ringside, so he's in like a laundry basket that they've had to wheel in. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's just really cool those moments where he, like he takes a breather, and and, and I know that I know I've I've had a pop at Hogan the other day for like that taking a breather spot, but Malenko's are so much better, and they just it works it works so much better in his matches because <laughs> um, it's chicken shit heel. It's yeah. it's not animated. It's Listen, I need to regroup. He's, he's got my number there, so I need yeah. to go back to the drawing board and figure out yeah. tactically. Yeah, and he looks like like you can see on his face, he's like, right, I'm going to do that. I'm going to slow that down. I'm like, yeah, it's like it's like it's like methodical as fucking. That's just who he is as a performer. Yeah. He's just brilliant. I mean, there was some superb spots in it. Let's be honest. Yeah, um, there was an obscene face plant. The height he gets on it. Yeah, followed by, so at <laughs> Yeah, followed by po- possibly the best gut buster I have ever seen. Filthy. That's what I put. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Snap suplex by Dino goes straight into the half crab and like fucking bends him in half. Oh, that was super. Superb. That bent him up like a bloody pretzel, didn't he? he was just class. Sustained backbreaker stretches him, puts his hand on his chin and pushes him down. Yeah. It's just everything means something. I mean, there's a lot of twos, but I didn't mind that. Yeah. Cloud is flat, where, which is a shame, wasn't it? Yeah, but they seem to be at the moment. Like they're all like the, the big angles are the ones that they pop for at the end of the day, and and, and I get yeah. that. Dane launches Ray, and he gets crotched on a turnbuckle, but it looked like he was meant to land on his feet and slipped. But the such but they fucking didn't... pros, it looked seamless, and yeah. nobody panicked or nobody tried to do it again, which they That's do what these days. Say. Yeah. Straight into a back superplex, but Ray switched it to land on Dean. Lovely. Yeah, that was one of the most not impressive, but one of the most one of the things I looked at the match. I thought, yeah, that's how you know you're watching two greats. Where like yeah. a mistake was made, but they made it look they made it look like it was part of the deal. Because you saw all the time. The amount of times you see it nowadays, where let's do that spot. Oh no, we fucked up. Well, we'll just reset it up, and it's like that. It's, just like, <sighs> it's lame. But this is this yeah. is why we. I think I think a lot of it these days. I I genuinely think the reason we pop for 
your FTRs, your Briscoes, your Punks, because you, just because you don't see it anymore. Yeah. That, that, that. that, that kind of level of professionalism was like, you know, ten a penny back in the day. They were all, yeah. you know, could could make a fuck up into something decent, yeah. or you wouldn't tell the fucked up. I mean, Ray's resilience is the story. He's the ultimate underdog, yeah. but he's so quick that he can hit you with something out of the blue to win. And a lot of his wins are like shocks. He never has the upper hand. Yeah, but he's so elusive. He can. Yeah, yeah. He's a nightmare to put away. So there's always a story in these matches. It's not just spots for the sake of spots. Everything, everything Dean Malenko does means something. There's no wasted motion. Mm. He fucking springboard wheel kicks Dean outside and hits a fucking monster seated centre. That was mint. Over the ring post as well. Yeah. Fucking great. And then Dean counters a springboard or a Karana into a Boston Crab filth. Absolute <laughs> filth. It was fucking great this match. It really was. Ray's pulling out all the stops. Dean's equal to him, but he just can't put him away. Yeah, there was it's some crazy, amazing great story, wasn't there? Yeah, oh god, yeah. you know reversals and pinning predicaments, and who's going to get the upper hand? And I think I think Ray like went through his legs to get out of a bridge, and it was just like fucking hell. This is just amazing stuff. Um, and what I love even more is that they're in the middle of it, and the bell goes. Time yeah. limit draw. Yeah, I, I love that because it was out of the blue, and it's like. These two are so equally matched. Yeah, they can't beat each other. Yeah. They can't beat each other, and and it just sums up the match perfectly. Ray says he wants five more minutes. Timekeeping aside, i.e., a ten-minute draw that went nine minutes and nineteen seconds. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was fucking superb. Yeah, and easily one of the best TV matches I've seen on this room. Easily, without a doubt. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. It really was. Got nothing but good things to say about these two. Dean Malenko. He's in the shout with a, the superstar of the year and even 86, I think, given Ray, maybe. Honestly. <laughs> well, things like this might, might come up in the month of June. Maybe. We shall maybe. we shall see. <laughs> uh, after that, the uh, the pace slowed right down. <laughs> oh, yes. We get Lord Woodentop, Lex Luger, versus a man... That people might have thought had died. <laughs> but no, he's still alive, folks. He's still here. <laughs> and I can't mock his hair because it's never changed and it's never been a mullet. It's Greg the Hammer Valentine. <laughs> he pops up now and again, doesn't he, to, yeah. uh, <laughs> Very to, do, to do a job. <laughs> he's getting paid well, I bet. <laughs> he's not got the, the Lanny Poffo sweetheart deal where it's like, yeah, you can come, but you're fucking staying at home, mate. <laughs> Massive pot for Luger as usual. Huge. Um, he's over. It's fucking ridiculous. He's, yeah, he's the hottest thing on the show, isn't he? Really, apart from when Piper turns up. Yeah. Valentine, Valentine looks like pure shit, doesn't he? He's, he's not bothered anymore. I don't think. <laughs> it's just the usual Luger match, apart from the fact that Valentine is half the size of what he's usually facing recently. But he hasn't got the giant coming up, so you know you can't get run stood out. You can't get roadblock out. It's just a normal match, isn't it? <laughs> that, that, who's that other one? That Undertaker look like? What's he called? Tombstone. <laughs> Tombstone, that was it. <laughs> it was just utter slow pace, wasn't it? It was like a snail's pace of a match. <laughs> but this is this is the thing with Valentine. If you watch old Valentine, where he, he goes, he can go twenty two half an hour. Yeah. Like he don't warm up till about fifteen minutes. I mean, he's 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 good. He is a, technically a 
great wrestler. He's just well past his prime, and you know yeah. you need a solid hand to do jobs, right? He, he get he gets the heat. He's a classic worker, but he gets the heat on Luger with elbows and chops. Luger weathers the storm and comes back and racks the fella. Easy enough. Massive pop for the rack, as usual. That's all they want, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> but I, I looked down at my clock at this point, and there was fucking thirteen minutes left. Yeah, and it was main event time. Wow. Hello. I appreciate it. He's touched. Everyone standing. Thank you very much. Chanting right. Thank you very much. I have, if I may, I just like a few minutes of your time to explain something where I'm going at. The greatest fans in the world, man. I heard Eric Bischoff and Hogan. Uh, I, I think the WCW has set a new precedence. There is life on Mars because that's where they must have been last night. Because where I was, Hogan was in a sleeper gone. Oh, yeah. That history reads, I am the icon! And I am proud, I am proud that for the last 20th century in my sport, I have been the brave heart. I've been wearing this doggone thing since I've been five. You either gotta be tough or stupid. And it's like this. I want to, you know, folks, that was my last fight, man. <laughs> I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> oh, man. I want to tell you something, though. It was very important to me to have this fight, not only for my pride. <laughs> Didn't you know this was going to happen? Oh, sweet Reno Gattuso, what could this be? <laughs> Put the clip in there. <laughs> so Piper's music hits, and we get a fucking monster pop. Tarrant. Tarrant pop, Ta- all day long. Quentin Tarantino, Chrissy T pop. <laughs> there was another one later on in the show that, that, was, that rivaled him. I don't think it was quite as big as this one, to be fair. He is over as merry fuck, that lad. Yeah. Yeah, so it comes down. He looks cool, to be fair. I always like when he wears the leather jacket and the t-shirt underneath. Like it's just the blue, blue kecks. The, the, the blue like. kecks <laughs> just, <think, laughs> just look really jobbery <laughs> when he pulls them out. <laughs> he, he grabs a mic and he gets a few lines in. He said Bischoff and Hogan and the rest of the NWO must have been living on Mars because he had Hogan sleeping, which the crowd popped for. He says you've got to be tough or stupid to be, you know, to be on the same level as me. And I'm teetering on the edge, and he, he sort of. Like gestured it with his hand. I thought that was a really cool line. To be fair, and he's he's getting a, he's trying to say a few other things, but then then the NWO music interrupts him, and it's uh, Hogan and Bischoff coming out. Bischoff carrying the belt for Hogan, and listen to the chant of Roddy. Roddy, 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 Roddy. 
Hey, it ain't going down that way. You're a liar, Piper. Tell them how I dogged you, man. How you dogged me? The only way I've seen you be a dog is when you wee-wee on the fire hydrant. Brother, I am the icon. It is history. You gotta smell it, eat it, and poop it. No fear. You know something, man? You're a lucky, lucky person. Because, shut up. Shut up. You know something? These people are planning your destiny if they don't shut their mouths. But I'm going to tell you one thing. You guys are missing it. Why don't you tell your people to shut up? I got something real important to tell you. Uh, ho, ho, ho. You know what, folks? Every dog has his day. Let's hear some orf, orf. Come on, Lassie, talk. No, you don't understand. Brother, you got something to say? Say it, damn it. You better shut them up. This is about your family, boy. Uh-oh. The only reason, after I beat your brains out, that I didn't end it for good, was your son begged me. Take it easy on Pops. That, that he shouldn't have said. Then let's do it one more time. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Here we go. So here they come. Just them two, though, no one else. Uh, huge Roddy chants. Roddy proclaims he's the icon after last night. You know, that's the whole thing they were building towards, wasn't it? Icon v. Icon and all that rubbish. Basically, yeah. Hogan's like, shut up, shut up, get them all to shut up and all this. And it, it, it waffles, it goes on a bit, a little bit, that bit. And then eventually he gets to his point. Hogan's like, I've got something to say about your family, which he basically just repeats what he said the night before, doesn't he? He said that. He said that. I don't think Piper heard that. No, yeah, that's probably where they go around it. So Hogan says that Piper's son asked him to take it easy on his dad. Piper sees his ass without dummy jacket comes off. (laughs) He says every dog has his day, so let him speak, which I thought was a good line. (laughs) It was. It was. There wasn't enough of Piper talking, but what he did say was good. Um, but I didn't think Hogan was bad at all. No. I thought Hogan was playing oh, he played it right. The chicken shit, will didn't he? Yeah, and he's delusional and everything. And then obviously, as Piper takes all his garb off to reveal his blue kecks, <laughs> we get the NWO all down. Flipping Tupac Nashar comes in with his bandana <laughs> on, and they proceed to uh, kick the fuck out of him. Giants yeah. down, Scott Norton, and that absolute top tier atrocity on his heads down. The crowd are launching shit in the ring. He's getting proper heat. They pick yeah. him up and they drop him shoulder first on Norton's knee. The giant giant's just stood there watching. Yeah, observing. Giant's not really with it, is he? He's just you could tell, obviously. No, and Hogan gets a chair, takes it to his hip as Piper's trying to fight back. Bless him. Hogan calls for the giant to choke slam Piper, but uh, he picks him. Well, he sort of grips him around the neck. And just drops him, and uh, Piper sort of rolls out of the ring, and he turns to Hogan. What I didn't notice was Nicky P was there with an NWO shirt on. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I it's feel like, it's like 
the reveal. They've not done a reveal there, have they? Yeah. They've missed the trick I there. feel not enough is being made yeah. about him definitively being NWO because that was a big story for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there was enough of a and reveal. And stretches out for Piper, yeah. Yeah. It was odd. It was odd because, like, you think nobody mentions it. Nobody mentions, "Oh, there's Nicky Patrick." Yeah, we knew it all along. The blah, blah blah blah, all this shit. Yeah, and then Hogan tries to talk to the giant. Okay. Here's the deal, man. Come here, talk to me. You guys, be cool. I got this. He's my brother. Okay, look. What's your deal, man? You know the deal. You dropped the ball, man. You dropped the ball. Okay? You dropped the ball again. You're dealing with Hollywood. I'm your brother at the NWO. Last night was one strike. Right now with Piper was two. Bottom line is three strikes. Three strikes. Deal, what's, what's your deal? You drop the ball again. All you can hear is fucking Piper gibbering. Yeah. I don't know what that was about, but <laughs> get weird. Says he's uh you get three strikes, and this is your third strike, and slaps him. Giant grips him, tells them all to get out of the uh, ring. Get out of the ring. <laughs> it's oh, the most I've crying. ever been into the giant. I think. I know. <laughs> Hogan's crying and he's begging, and I thought Hogan did really well here. Yeah, and, he did. And Giant wants his title shot. Hogan relents and gives it to him. He waits till he's on the floor, and he tells uh, the NWO to, what does he say? Get him, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking Bagwell comes bouncing off the top rope, gets into one knee, and the rest follow. He does okay, to be fair, but the numbers yeah. game soon catches up with him. They rip off his T-shirt. They hit him in the in the face with a belt. And Some pretty they pissed off shots though, weren't they? Yeah, they continue to hit him in the face with a belt a couple of times and then Hogan gets like, big one. I 
And that's what the giant would say if he was from Norwich. <laughs> oh dear! All in all, it was a pretty decent segment. I thought it was a fucking fair. great. I thought it was a fucking great episode in general. Yeah, there's some really, some really good stuff on there, wasn't there? There's a lot of shit on there as usual in Nitro, but yeah, um, but like I can look over your Glacier versus Disco Inferno because you got you got some really good matches. Yeah, you got one absolute top tier match. Yeah. And you and you got possibly the best Hogan stuff we've seen since this turn. Yeah, it was like he finally it was like a penny dropped, wasn't it? It was like, yeah, oh, I've actually got to be a little bit of a bit of a pussy old. Do you know what I mean? I've got to be a bit of a fanny if I'm going to be the Neil World Champion. We'll see if it continues. If it was just a one week thing, I don't know. Um, it, it was the first time it gen- genuinely built off the pay per view. Yeah. They normally mad. just have a bunch of not matches that mean nothing, do they? Do you know what I mean? Like, but this actually it furthered it. Um, stuff there. But yeah, it was a good episode, all in all, really. Should we go to our uh, our post show awards? Oh, one one other thing. The one thing I didn't really like about it was Piper getting took off in a in an ambulance. I don't know if it, I don't know if that's quite his character. Do you know what I mean? I feel like he would have walked away from it if they. I don't know. Um, no, I, I totally, really I totally get where you're coming from but... with that. Yeah, it's usually like it's a kind of yeah. It's like Foley at Hell in the Cell, and it is like they cut him off, but he'll get off and say, "No, I want to go out on my own two feet." Yeah, that, I think that was the That's, only thing yeah. where I was like, uh, "Okay," but I let it, I let it slide. I, I suppose it's a way to write him off telly, isn't it? Because I don't think he, I don't think he's on it again for ages, is he? So I think he's on it another a few another time, but I can't remember when it is. So well, they got limited. Probably... They must have limited dates on him, surely. Yeah, so it's supposed to just be a way to write him off, I suppose. Um, but yeah, like you say, good episode. But um, we'll do our awards. I think match of the night's a pretty much a lock in it. Uh, yeah, it's Glacier versus this one third. Or it's can't be. <laughs> no, it's the, it's the mini match. <laughs> no, it's obviously Ray versus Dean. That was an absolute quality match on it. Probably, yeah, if not the best telly match we've seen since we started watching it. Yeah, probably. I mean, don't get me wrong, the, the Benoit-Jericho match was decent and faces Harlem, yeah. I enjoyed thoroughly, but you, you ain't topping Dane versus Ray. I don't think they've had a shit one. They've no. had ones that haven't been as good. The first one's the sta- the gold standard. Yeah. But this is, this is for a 10-minute TV match, this is pay-per-view level. Yeah, it was good. Very good. MVP? <sighs> it's, got, it's got to be Hogan. Yeah. It's, it's got to say be. that. It's genuinely his best show, top to bottom. Yeah. He did the delusional chicken shit heel better than he's ever done it. And there was nothing where I went. That's it. There was nothing where I went, oh, fucking hell, I need to skip this shit. He he didn't go too long. He didn't drag it out and fucking dick around. And yeah, even the get them boys, I I can look over that. Yeah, because he built it well, didn't he? He built it well, like the like. Oh yeah, you'll get it, you'll get it. Got out of the ring when he's got all his cronies behind him. Then does it. It, it worked a lot better. Yeah, I mean, it's very rare that he's ever going to win that award. I think, but hopefully, you know, I don't want to hate him. I'd, I'd like to enjoy watching the guys in the main event every week. So hopefully, hopefully we um we get a bit more weeks like that coming forward. Um, I think a lot of people think we're quite biased at the people we don't like, but you know, credit where credit's due. I'll always give look it. Look at me, I, I used to hate Luger. I'm quite into him now. <laughs> yeah, still not, still not completely sold on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite there. <laughs> but I think it'd be quite rude to put him in this award now. So we'll just call it the Disco Duggan Heart Award this time. That's got to be 
either Public Enemy yeah. or the Disco Inferno. Public Enemy. You just got utter go home heat with me, both of them. Yeah, I think you could give it to either one of them, really, couldn't you? Yeah, I'll go Public Enemy because they they're on it more off. often, aren't they? That's the thing. That's the only problem with them too. Yeah, we haven't seen that disco dipshit for a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's very rare that he pops up in it. To be fair, and then the uh, the Barnet Barnet of the night. There's a few contenders. Benoit's dry mullet. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good shout. Norton's all business at the front, all party at the back mullet was pretty fucking shocking. Yeah, but I've got I've got, I've got to give it to a, a newbie on the uh, on the Barnet scale. It's all <laughs> Kensuke Sasaki with his uh, tram lines, tram lined mullet. What a <laughs> what a what a dodgy fucker that was. <laughs> that was pretty stinky, wasn't it? <laughs> oh dear. Well, that, uh, really that brings us to the end of. WCW in the nineteen year of nineteen ninety six, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. What what were some of your highlights? Because we put out a tweet, yeah, to see what our listeners' highlights were for the year of nineteen ninety six in WCW. What were your particular sort of highlights? Handful of matches. Um, I think the original Ray versus Dean match is possibly one of my favourite matches of all time. Now, like I love that match. It was absolutely classic. Love watching Malenko. I've really enjoyed getting into him because, you know, he, he wasn't really around when I was young watching wrestling. You know, he's pretty much he was pretty much done, wasn't he, in the sort of early two thousands? Watching yeah. a young Rey yeah, Mysterio has just been joyous. Like, I've enjoyed yeah. every minute of it. Uh, DDP, love yeah. watching him. Like again, another person that who you know I didn't really see much of him, so I didn't really have much of an opinion of him. But to see him develop and some of the some of his matches and some of the innovation in his moves, it's just been great, really good to see. Um, young Eddie, young Eddie as well. Yeah, he's another one. There's a lot of really good stuff. I mean, I think I, I, mean, I think yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff. I think I think the the the, the sort of dark story of the Sting stuff, the early stages, that's been really good, really well put together. Yeah. And, and and I know it's been a bit rubbish since it since it sort of became a more expanded and stuff like that, but the, the early days of the NWO stuff, that was so intriguing, so exciting. Yep, I um, agree with that as well. Nice discovering Super Calo. Yeah, that was another one I was going to say, that D, uh, that Super Calo and, um, was it Malenko? That was, that was brilliant. That was brilliant, that match. It's a shame he got injured after that, wasn't it? That he, we haven't really yeah. seen him since. But yeah, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of things that I could think, but that was just a few of them just off the top of my head. What about you? Similar or any others? James. Doomsday Cage, <laughs> just just the madness of it. I only you only Michael have to Buffer. see it once, guys. Pardon? Michael Buffer, fucking Michael Buffer, Jesus Christ, <laughs> no sir. So we 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 actually asked our listeners, and a few of them got back to us. Chris Bellis, obviously uh, of this parish, he's, yeah. he's uh, been on an a, a episode of our bonus. Well, wouldn't you know, he won the Tony. Yeah, he said uh, having Piper return for Starcade. At a time yeah. where he's been on a massive Roddy Piper kick was nice. Mm. Uh, not from an in-ring perspective, but the guy showed that when he had a mic, his segment was infinitely better. Can't Definitely. really argue with that. Piper's been a highlight in terms of bringing a bit more oomph to the show, a bit more... He's, he's, he's bit made more Hogan get more heat. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's brought a better side of Hogan out. Yeah. Definitely. Um, he's also said young Jericho was a nice distraction from current Jericho as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with that as well. I agree more with that. And mm-hmm. then he, he says he's 
he's really interested. He really enjoyed to relive in the early NWO stuff, like we just mentioned. Yeah, I mean the early days of that was. I mean the initial, the initial Scott all rocking up, Hogan's turn at Bash of the Beach. It's brilliant. Yeah. First few months of it was was just must watch, really, wasn't it? It seems to think the first six months of the stable are the best. Don't tell us that, Chris, because we've got another fucking God knows how long it is to watch. Cheers. And even this, uh, and the first six months been a bit good too, so hasn't it? So we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, it's a bit more like than we're, we're in this episode. Maybe I don't know. Let's hope so. I mean, it's just going to expand more than my waistline, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, and he's got in touch as well, Scottish Juggalo. He said he was never a big Macho Man fan growing up, but watching, well, watching the Nitros along with us and watching it for his own podcast, Nitro Nights, has made me made him a massive fan of the Macho Man. He said he just can't believe Vince thought this guy was too old to wrestle in the 90s. Yeah. He, he's had some absolute bangers and best matches of the sh- on the shows he was on. Not the Hogan one, I must stress. <laughs> that's what, that's, I forgot about Macho because I haven't seen him for a while. But yeah, definitely. Like, we, we definitely enjoyed watching him in... in in the sort of early parts of it, and that feud with Flair was good. A, f- a feud that they didn't really take advantage of, in fairness. Um, Massively, it was just a footnote, wasn't it? It was, it was really bad even because it was even the was some so of the build up, but some of the build up to Hogan match wasn't the worst. It was pretty good, and but it's, it's Johnny Cash lever outfit. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there was some, there was some, there, some of his promos were really good as well. Not like classic <laughs> stuff, like. But like there was enough quality in there, like. But it's, it, I forgot about him all this because we haven't seen him for ages, have we? Since that, that no, because he's six six game ban. Remember, first six <laughs> months, first six first six nitros of um, ninety seven. He's banned for so yeah, yeah. But when he's off yeah. TV, they just don't mention him, do they? No, um, another another highlight for me was uh, John Tenter's half head. <laughs> that. Missed that half skullet. Half skullet. <laughs> I'm not a ma- I'm not a fish. I'm John Tenter. <laughs> that was that, that feud with with Bubba. <laughs> that was fucking ridiculous, wasn't it? That went on forever. That. <laughs> oh, it was superb. <laughs> There's been a lot of good in there, and uh, to be fair, a lot of shit as well. But I've really enjoyed watching it so far. So moving swiftly on, we're not going to delve into '97 just yet, are we? Not quite. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a, a month of bonus fun from the adjective boys. We're gonna have an episode of our, well, the first episode of our past tense, all this and war, whatever you want to call it. We're gonna do ten years previous Starcade nineteen eighty six. A few interesting things on there. Apparently, apparently, uh, some gobshite gets his leg mangled. So <laughs> we'll see what goes on there. Then then we've got a little little interesting treaty bonus thing for you to cap off the end of the year. More yeah. on that in the coming weeks. And then we've got the next episode of our, well, wouldn't you know who won the Tony series of AEW retrospectives. We've got Fighter Fest 2019. Yeah. So it should be pretty good. Um, have we got any questions today, Marcos? Got a couple of questions, actually. Another question from, a say, a new listener, a colleague of mine at work. He's just got into listening to us, so it's thanks for the support, Ash. He wanted to, he wanted to know, just a quick one, really. The the best matches we've seen this year, so twenty twenty three so far. I know you had a few that you were thinking of it when we when I mentioned it earlier. I was a big fan of MJF versus Danielson Iron Man. Yeah, I thought that was a 
corker and it's 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 hard to get a corking hour long match these yeah. days. I'm pretty sure Flair used to knock them out for fun in the eighties, but you know the Michael's Brett. It's decent, but it's not you know it's not the match that it could have been. I personally think um, there's better Brett matches out there. There's better Michael's matches. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was a cracking match. Danielson, you know, when you're in MJF's great, but Danielson in terms of dragging an actual match out of him for an hour, yeah. there was nobody on that on that roster. It wasn't boring. It takes some doing no. to make an hour match like exciting throughout, really, wasn't it? MJF did his part. Don't get me wrong, and I love MJF, but the, the star in that was fucking Brian Danielson, man. Like, the guy's just a technical savant, Wizard. isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Another one that I enjoyed was the, the three-way at Mania with um, old Seamus there, Drew Galloway, <laughs> Drew McIntyre, whatever he's called these days, and uh, Gunther. I thought that was... <laughs> was that your Austrian? It's Austria! Austria! <laughs> yeah. I've, 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 I've listened to a lot of uh, Joseph Fritzl's court transcripts, and no, I haven't really. A lot of Nuremberg rally kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, not at all. That was a piss poor Austrian. It's just when you listen to Marcel Schwartz a bit, so doing a post-match interview. I thought that was meaty. I thought yeah. that was brutal. And it was one of the hardest-hitting matches I've seen in a long time and on a WWE show as well, which was weird. Mm. But, yeah, it was, it was fucking superb. And the last one, which is probably my favourite match of the year, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley at Mania. I thought that was an absolute gold standard of not just yeah. women's wrestling, but wrestling. Yeah, it was great. To be fair, I think I think for me, the one that stuck with me the most was definitely that triple threat, like you just mentioned. Everything I like, three big lads just having it off. Well, hey! <laughs> <laughs> three big lads just having it off. That's what I like to watch in my, in my bedroom. Uh, no, just three hard-hitting guys just... <laughs> I'm not making it easier for myself here, am I? Well, just three wrestlers having a big fight. <laughs> three wrestlers having a big old fight. Yeah, that's yeah. It was. It, it was, was. It was a corker. It was a belter. Uh, and it's and, not often that you get. It's not often that you get like two really great matches. Essentially, it's one card. I know it's over two days, but like yeah. a lot of mania, there's, there's not been many. But uh, yeah. we do have another question yeah. from. Uh, Good friend, Mr. Bellis, at the One Man's Meet podcast. So, Mark, bank holiday Monday. What are you doing? And who's with you? I go for a lovely <laughs> I go for a walk around Legoland with Sean Connery. I go for a lovely lamb lunch in the centre of Windsor. <laughs> are you sure? I don't really see uh, Mr. Connery doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, I think he'd like to go to the wildfowl sanctuary and a, and a bar of scotch. <laughs> I think he got a Legoland boy. <laughs> I love a bit of partridge sprinkled. It's, it's, in. it's, it's been partridge heavy thanks to the newly found uh, partridge in my pocket app. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us to the end. It certainly does. So, next month is the month of June. Like I said, we'll be getting you'll be getting a nice old school, even older school than this NWA Mid Atlantic Crockett pay per view, Starcade '86. You'll be getting a nice little end of year cap off show from us, and you'll also be getting episode three of Well, wouldn't you know? We won the Tony Fighter Fest 2019. So, 
as always, we are available to chat with and whatever other shite you might want to do with us. Mark, what Mark said was he was only joking. He doesn't actually like that. He might, he might do. We, we're not that close. But if you want to interact with us on Twitter, it's at Adjective Pod. Give us a like, a retweet, questions. We do love a bit of questions, especially partridge-based ones, as you can probably tell. Also like uh, wrestling questions about the product too. <laughs> we, we genuinely do. Uh, if you want to give us a five-star, Davey Meltzer on Spotify, super kick that subscribe button, Booker T sidekick, Chun-Li spinning bird kick, Dirty Roddy Piper in Sigori. Whatever you want to do, do it. You can't get seven stars, only the five. We've told you this time and time again. Tokyo Twitter, Tokyo Dome Twitter, Tokyo Tokyo Dome Spotify is not a thing anymore, sadly. It's a media construct invented by Mr. Meltzer, just like everything else he invents. <laughs> so is, um, is there any further business, Mark? Uh, nothing else to report today. Well, then in honour of his absolute corking 10-minute time limit draw today, 9 minutes and 19 seconds draw today, <laughs> I'll say them immortal two words, Rey Mysterio... Cheerio. The preceding podcast gimmick, it was paid for by Look at the Adjectives. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit.